Are you ready? Go. It's time, time to separate the men from the boys. boys. Get down to the business of sport right here on the world-famous Ginger's Perspective. Hello and welcome to Football 2 Plus 3 on the Ginger's Perspective. And man, oh man, what a weekend of football. I think with all the results, all the goals, the upsets, the star performances, Andy Carroll's ridiculous goal, hands down, the Premier League is the best league in the world. You can tell me what you want about the pace of La Liga. You can talk about the skill of Serie A. They do not have everything that makes the Barclays Premier League so special. And I'm not saying this isn't a punt. This isn't, I'm not paid to say this. I'm a fan. And at the end of the day, if you're a football fan, you can appreciate that this is the best league in the world. Mo, tell me. Firstly, amen, brother. Amen. Look at what happened this weekend. I mean, you had the... It is a derby. You can say what you like. They're not in the same city, but Manchester United against Liverpool is a derby. You start with that game in particular. You look how Everton dismantled Manchester City. You look at so many other results over the weekend and you go, wow, this is a crazy league. Graham Taylor, um, they paid tribute to him with a standing applause um, at uh, Watford's ground. I mean, that was special. Harry Kane's hat-trick. The list goes on, brother. Premier League, you can't match it. On any day, the bottom teams can upset the top. Uh, you know, you've got these massive rivalries between all the, the, the top clubs. You just don't get better than that. I mean, it's, it's something else, eh? Something else. It keeps us on our seats. It keeps us glued to our screens. It keeps us talking on Football 2 Plus 3 about this league. But enough, enough blowing smoke up the Premier League's ass because... <laughs> It is a tremendous league and it is uh, something that we cherish and enjoy every weekend that it's on. Mo, was Latin offside? I think 1-1 was a fair result. It should have been more. It should have been like a 2-2 or a 3-3 drop. You know, it was a tense affair. You know, the teams uh, really all went out. They all went all out for this game. And, you know, it was always going to be that KG affair because both teams are on form. You know, and uh, you... You kind of felt that one of them would uh, would would nick the, uh, like a late goal or something like that. But uh, well, look, a draw is a fair result. The goal might have been marginal, but hey, I'll take it. Hey, you know, Liverpool went uh, went ahead with a penalty that Pogba conceded. Just terrible. Hey, I mean, <laughs> what was he trying to do? He was trying to dab or something in the. <laughs> he had a bad game. It wasn't Paul Pogba's best game. I know Jurgen. Jurgen Klopp has come out and said that in terms of the long ball, that's what United had up their sleeves, while Jose Mourinho has come out and said that, you know, Liverpool were very defensive. But at the end of the day, you've got two tacticians who went head-to-head, and Mourinho's changes counted what Liverpool had on the day, and, and it proved to be a masterstroke from Mourinho because at the end of the day, a point is something that maybe he didn't want. He wanted all three points. But he'll settle for this. He'll be satisfied with the result. Yeah, look, I mean, you have to have a plan B. If your main plan, your plan A is not working, you've got to try something else. And I mean, Mourinho came up with a direct play. It worked. I mean, they got the goal. I wasn't too happy about him bringing on Fellaini. But look, the plan worked. They got the goal. They could have got another one. But uh, you know what? I'll, I'll take a draw against Liverpool on the form they are this season. In fact, I mean, they've beaten... 
you know, they've beaten Chelsea, they've beaten Arsenal, they've beaten Man City. So, you know, we're a team in sixth place, Man United, to get a draw against them, home and away. Yeah, I'll take it, eh? Well, let's hear now from Jose Mourinho talking to the BBC after the clash in front of 75,000 people at Old Trafford. This is what he had to say about the one-all draw. Jose, it was a, an epic match, very, very tense and um, tremendous for the neutral. I think so, even for the non-neutrals. I think even for uh, our fans and Liverpool fans, for sure, they were enthusiastic until the last seconds. I think the game didn't have super quality. Uh, the, the game, as a football game, didn't reflect the qualities that we have and that Liverpool also has, and we both show, show that during the season. But was 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 very emotional, was uh, intense, was aggressive, but a good a good aggressive, not the bad one. And um, we fought until the last second to try to win it, but Liverpool did the same to try not to lose it. So I think in the end the result. Just a fact. He, he, he spot on. It was a great uh, affair for the neutral. People enjoyed the game. You know, two top teams, good form, good players, and uh, you know he's he's sort of now in a happier space. You can hear, by the way, he's not moaning and groaning. He's not all grumpy and stuff. So you know that's a good thing because that all rub off onto, onto his players. And we've said it before: by him being miserable, his players are not going to be uh, too happy. So uh, it's a it's a good thing. It is a good thing. So one all it finishes uh, at Old Trafford. Liverpool next, uh, they're home to Swansea. So you expect Liverpool to get three points there. Manchester United away to Stoke. Never easy at the Britannia. So those matches coming up for those two teams. We'll chat about that in a little while. But I think the surprise result of the weekend has to be Everton's annihilation of Manchester City at Goodison Park. It was absolutely incredible to watch how that back four of Man City capitulated. Yeah, it was brutal. Eh? Everton didn't hold back against Man City. Apparently, it's like Pep Guardiola's worst ever defeat. I don't know if it's like counting Barcelona and all of that. But uh, he's finding it hard. I mean, he's even suggested that City are out of the title race. And I mean... That that's in we in January and he's already conceding it. So you know, what, what does he expect of his players? You know, John Stones is horribly exposed, and maybe the style of Peps is not suited for the Premier League. Maybe he needs to look at it again and and, and try something else. Yeah, look, I still think Pep is settling into the Premier League. It's been a very rude awakening. This isn't a Barcelona team that you inherit, a Bayern Munich team you inherit. You know, this is something else. Yeah, you've got stars at City, there's no doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, but defensively, big question mark, and especially on match of the day, Phil Neville was leaping to the defense of John Stones, while Alan Shearer basically pointed out, and, and you can listen to the clip now, he pointed out that Stones at 22 should be doing better. I actually feel sorry for John Stones because I see Otamendi every week, I see Kolarov every week, and I see Klitsch, Sagner, they're all making mistakes, but Stones is the one that gets the criticism. Uh, I, I agree with you to, to a certain extent because he's playing in the calamitous back four and he's not getting any help from them at mm. all. He's not getting any help from his, uh, from his goalkeeper who was being poor again. But you said p- people will come away from that ground today thinking John Stones has had a nightmare. John Stones did have a nightmare. My concern with him, and I'm, I'm, I don't want to criticise him, but he, he is 22 now. He's played nearly 100 Premier League games. 
And everyone keeps saying to me and to, to the rest of the, the football world that he's going to be a top player. He's, but mm. I keep seeing John Stones make mistake after mistake after mistake. He didn't make a mistake. He made one mistake where he failed to clear a ball and didn't get helped by his teammate. Phil, we could have showed four or five things on here today with John Stones making mistakes, diving in for tackles, late for tackles, etc. Now, I don't... I don't know what's happening with him at Man City, but I don't think he's improved um, as much as people would think he has this season. Because That's not said, just his fault, though, is it? Not at all. That's why I said he's not getting any help from uh, the, the players around him. Mo, do you agree with uh, the great, greatest striker that Newcastle United's ever produced? <laughs> Look, uh, uh, you, you, you can't disagree with Alan Shearer. He knows his stuff. I mean, he's come up against defenders, so he sort of knows how they think. And, you know, you sh it's, it's a fair point. And it's not just, I think, him. I think Rio Ferdinand also criticised John Stones. And, I mean, he's also he's a defender, so you would know. Um, yeah, you got to agree. I mean, he makes too many mistakes. He's still young. He's still learning his trade. But, I mean, Pep is there, should be there to guide him along the way. And uh, it doesn't seem like that's working. Yeah, let's give some credit to Everton because they were outstanding. And it was their teenagers that uh, came to the fore. I mean, Davis stepped up, scored the goal. And it was a brilliant little touch there, despite Yaya Toure's best efforts. At the end of the day, Everton walk away with a great victory and three points. And Ronald Koeman's another manager now who's starting to get that team to click. They've signed Morgan Schneiderlin now, so that uh, bolsters the midfield. Everton, um, a team that are, are hitting a bit of a patch at the moment. And it's, and it's good to see for, for a, a side like Everton. And we also like Koeman. We think he's a great manager. Yeah, you know, I'm happy for him. Kuman's a good, he's a shrewd manager. He lost one of his uh, players to the AFCON, and he went and he signed uh, Schneiderlin. I mean, look, it's a bit of a high price, but uh, he'll get the best out of him because he knows him from his Southampton days. Speaking of a high price, um, <laughs> Diego Costa has been linked with... <laughs> with uh, you go into that? A ridiculous, ridiculous. I think it's something like... Six hundred thousand pounds a week, eighty million pounds that this Chinese side will pay to Chelsea, and suspiciously, he had a back injury. But we only heard late on Friday night that Costa was out, and and before we delve into the fantasy Premier League uh, problems it caused for many managers, what's going on with Costa? What's your take here? Is this him going? You know what? There's a lot of money to be made because. He's been met with absolute abuse. People saying your career will be over if you decide to go to China now. In my opinion, I think it's just his agent probably uh, trying to wiggle a move for him. I don't think he wants to leave Chelsea. If you look at the way he's played, he's been he's been outstanding this season. He's top of the Premier League in goals. You know, I think it's him and uh, Conte just need to sort of, sort out of the differences, settle it, and I don't think he's going to leave Chelsea. I think his agent is just trying to get him a better deal, but he doesn't want to. I mean, he's yeah. a, you know he's Mr. Big Time. He wants to play in the best league. He doesn't want to disappear in China. Yeah, and I mean, there's a Premier League title waiting for them if Chelsea continue yes. at this rate. I mean, to go to Leicester, fine. Leicester haven't been anywhere near the team they were last year, but they went to the King Power, did the Blues, and they did the business. And I mean, that's without Costa. This is a proper team. Yeah, I mean, that should... That should prove to him as well that, you know, the team doesn't only revolve around him. They can do the job without him. So, you know, he needs to look at it and say, well, this is a serious team. And I, if I want to win uh, the Premier League, I should. I, this is where I need to be. Yeah, without a doubt. Now, 
in terms of the fantasy manager side of things because it wreaked havoc with a lot of people. I mean, I saw Costa. I mean, let me let me use my example. I was saying, okay, looking at the fixtures, Costa's coming into uh, his own season. He's a good bet to keep into the side. So uh, now that he's back, let's quickly get Zlatan out and put Costa in Friday night. Sorry, Costa's not playing. All of a sudden, bit of a scramble. And it has wreaked havoc on a lot of managers. Although if you had Zlatan in your side, he was full value yet again. Yeah, you made a bit of a rookie mistake there. You know, you don't interfere with your team till the last hour of the deadline. <laughs> you know, that, that's, that's the way, it, you, that's one of the rookie mistakes. Yeah, look, a lot of people would have been upset with it. And I think more of them are not Chelsea supporters. They're more fantasy league managers. Yes. They had him, they had him as their captain. And uh, it was disappointing. But uh, I think I think that within this week, things will settle down and you know, you'll be back. So if you did move him to your bench, it's fine. You'll be back. But uh, you didn't do too badly. You scraped a win with, uh, with, with, with what you had. Scraped and, a uh, win. <laughs> getting rid of Zlatan is, you know, it's like a cardinal son. You, you shouldn't, I mean, you, you shouldn't get rid of him in your fifth fantasy team. You should be there all the time. Yeah, my thinking was Costa against uh, Leicester. Weak Leicester defense. Yeah, Zlatan against Liverpool. You know, and although, as you say, he's a man for the occasion, yeah, it proved costly at the end of the day, but lesson is well learnt. Um, I think, is it worth thinking about a Harry Kane this week, considering how good he was against West Brom? Well, look, I mean, Harry Kane's always a guy you should be considering. Eh? He's hit a, a good uh, you know, run of form. The thing is, with fantasy, you put him in, you'll captain him, and somebody else will score all the goals. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's a strange one, eh? it's a strange one. But, uh, yeah, look, I mean, people should be considering Harry Kane. He's, uh, he's, he's hitting good form. But then again, you know what? Spurs are way to Man City in the next fixture. So yeah. it's a bit of a tricky one, eh? I mean, you're not sure if John Stone's going to be sorted out by then. If he isn't, then Kane will have a field day. But, uh, you know, Spurs are... If you don't go with Harry Kane, Deli Ali, Ericsson is that quiet midfielder who gets assists and he's always in the thick of things and yeah. he, he gets your points. So you may want to look at, you know, a couple of Spurs players. Yeah. Um, quickly, just to wrap up with, I mean, West Ham were, were outstanding and, and Dimitri Payet uh, refusing to play, they just showed we don't actually need you. I mean, Andy Carroll's goal, I suppose a scorpion or scissor or whatever kick you want to call it, was an absolute cracker. Do yourself a favor if you can, check it out on YouTube because it was something else. Probably goal of the season. I know that's a bold statement, but I think it was better than Giroud's and Mkhitaryan's goal. Check it out. Just the class, the execution, the technique, world class. But Mo, your take on this Payet thing, because I see now reports in France are saying that there's already clubs coming in with a £20 million offer uh, to pull him out of, of his sort of West Ham nightmare. But what people don't for, must, mustn't forget is that West Ham made Payet. You know what I'm saying? It's not, uh, he's a good player. Don't, let's not take that away from him. But if it wasn't for the move to West Ham and the league he's playing in, no one would even know. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think this whole situation but, you know, I don't blame him. He, he, he's obviously, I mean, what is Payet? 29, 30, he's turning 30 this year. He yeah. doesn't have a lot of time left. He wants to win a couple of trophies. You know, West Ham are out of the League Cup. 
and uh, you know they're not doing too well in the league. So from that point of view, if he's ambitious, I don't blame him. You know, he wants to go somewhere where he's going to win something in the next year or two because he doesn't have a long time. But I mean, as you know, in terms of as a person, he should have dealt it with it better. West Ham made him. They, they yeah. paid him a lot of money. They made him the highest paid player. They gave him a big signing on bonus. And, you know, if he's not happy, you should sit down and say, look, I'm not happy, but I'll play till the end of the season and then you guys can, you can, I'd like to leave. Not in the middle of the season now, disrupt everything. That's that's not cool. Eh? It's, no. It, 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 it's not professional. Let's put it that way. You know, you got a job to do. You're being paid well. They're looking after you. Yes, they're not progressing. They've gone backwards. I mean, from last season to this season. But, uh, you know, you should be professional about it and, Rather than going on strike and don't want to train and threatening and all of that stuff, uh, that's not the right way to deal with it. Yeah, I've just seen a report now on the Telegraph saying that the Marseille president is in London and he's trying to um, persuade West Ham to sell Payet for £20 million. And Mark Noble, the West Ham captain, who was so outstanding last season, says he hasn't even Mm -hmm. spoken to Payet for two to three weeks. So not looking good for West Ham holding on to their star player at this point. But at this stage, I'm like, bugger him, he must go. You know what? At the end of the day, if you don't want to play, cheers, out. If you, if you can cash in the, uh, you know, 20 million on him, 25 million, yeah. it's fine. You you make up what you spend. Of course. And, you know, you save. And you can get a, a few decent players. And I mean, West Ham, they've got a good youth system. So I'm sure they'll unearth someone. I mean, they are the, the club that produced, you know, Frank Lampard, Rio Ferdinand. Joe Cole. Gary Joe yeah. Cole. You know, the list goes on. So yeah. I'm sure they've got, they, they will get someone. Yeah, it's interesting. I wonder what Fergie would have done in this situation. Oh, you'd throw him out. <laughs> throw him out. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Mo, thanks very much. That's all we got time for today. That's Football 2 Plus 3 here on the Ginger's Perspective. Remember to take us on iTunes, also on cs2plusc.co.za and on cliffcentral.com. Check out the Ginger's Perspective for any episode you might have missed. And uh, we'll be back, of course, later this week to build up to this weekend's matches. Will Joe Hart be heading back to Man City? Who knows? We'll have to wait and see. There's still two weeks to go in the transfer window. Anything can happen. Mo, as always, be champions. Thanks very much for listening to Football 2 Plus 3. We'll catch you again next time.